Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dogs out. What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like ooh, let the dogs out. Ooh, ooh. Off the hook. Airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Here we go. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Get on board now. and We greatly appreciate that. We'll be with you for the next hour, the favorite hour of my day. I hope it ranks right up there with you as well. And plenty to talk about as the transfer portal closes. I feel like there should be some sort of Star Trek uh, sound effect or something like that, like a something like that. But uh, the transfer portal closes. Uh, you can still take transfers in after this point, so you don't just get stuck in the portal. But uh, the transfer portal closes, and I think it's pretty clear that Tennessee's good to go with their quarterback situation, a couple of re-rankings that are kind of shady. Also, Ron Slay every Wednesday. We look forward to visiting with Ron Slay as the balls with a win last night over Mississippi State, and they were far from full strength. And Tennessee's most achieving teams ever and i would encourage you to go to offthehooksports.com not for selfish reasons because it's our site but i would encourage you to go to that because uh caleb calhoun continues to come up with uh unique storylines and uh really good stuff in terms of um tennessee's football program and in this particular case overachieving teams uh caleb give me a tease don't give it away but where does the 2022 team rank among the top overachieving teams pretty close to the top i would think so 
Yes, uh, we will say it's in the top five, and it's higher oh. than number five. So in the top four. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah. Basically I tracked what I did was I went back to 1950 and tracked all the times Tennessee finished in the top 10 while starting the season unranked. So um there may be some other overachieving teams that are hard to quantify because there was no preseason AP poll before 1950. Um, and there were also some times where you could maybe say there's a Tennessee team that actually did start ranked and still overachieved. Obviously, 1998, they started number 10 and won the national title. But this is specifically a look at Tennessee teams that started the year unranked. We're not ranked when they started the year and still had a pretty impressive overachieving season. I want everybody that's on board to listen to that. He went back to 1950. OK, go to offthehooksports.com. I can't tell you. Uh, how happy we are uh, with Caleb and just absolutely knocking it out of the park. Also, Caleb Jaro has a breakdown of the rankings that uh, are coming out today because the transfer portal is closing, so you can't enter it. So you do a re-ranking, which to me, in and of itself, and, and for those listening, please hit the like button. We appreciate it. For those listening to know where we come from, um, sure, we love covering Tennessee football, but we also are able to look at it um, with some perspective and objectively. And I mean, there are things happening in these recruiting rankings that are a bit of a head scratcher. Let's just be real frank. OK, so with these recruiting rankings, what in the world could you have done since the end of your senior season to improve your ranking? Nico Iamaleva has jumped up to number one over Arch Manning in the on three rankings. And and they're shifting around. And 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 I can still remember um, with a, a prominent uh, recruiting analyst having this discussion way back in 2000 when they would uh, uh, change their rankings right before signing day. And the question was, what in the world have they done? Well, I mean, Nico was in practice at the Orange Bowl. Um, other guys have been in practice. So I guess he outpracticed them. Um, I don't know, Caleb, what you could possibly do in that time frame to improve your ranking that it's been set over the past four years. So I'm not in any way knocking Tennessee. I'm not knocking the recruiting services, but it is what it is. Okay, so um you you have a situation where one of the biggest sites on the on three network is um Volquest and Brent Hubs and I think Brent does a phenomenal job at, at what he does and I think that the recruiting rankings um are kind of uh, probably out of his hands but they are a part of it and I think it's worth stating that when you generate more interest for a big, one of the biggest sites on your network that's probably good business right does it make great um, sense in terms of actually ranking a player? No, not really. I mean, what I've been told by scouts and coaches is that uh, Nico is the perfect fit for Josh Heupel's system. I've been told that Arch Manning is a guy that's probably a little bit more versatile, could run more of a pro style of system than um, Nico could. And, and I believe that based off watching their tape. After I was told that, I went back and watched it. And I believe that's the case. That's not a knock on either of the dudes. But um, when you go actually look at the rankings, I, I thought it was very odd that Tennessee is posting now recruiting rankings on their Twitter account 
you know, it used to be you did you couldn't make a, even a public comment about that, Caleb. And now you can send out tweets to thousands and thousands of people. I thought that was a strange tweet. Just what did you think uh, about that, and maybe a little bit of crowing from Tennessee's perspective? Yeah, and I I agree. And I also think Tennessee needs to keep in some perspective right now. And Jaru wrote about this, and I want to give him a major shout out. Um, he's it, it, it's on offthehooksports.com right now, uh, breaking down the rankings as you said. Um, and Tennessee has three top fifty players according to the new updated on three rankings. All right, not bad. Alabama's got eight. Georgia's got four. Um, they are three in the top 10, right? Yeah, Alabama's got three in the top 10. Georgia's in the running for a fifth. And, you know, the thing with Tennessee is I've been I've been on this train since, honestly, since the Lane Kiffin days. And I, and I know Lane Kiffin worked his tail off in recruiting. If there's one thing Lane Kiffin did hard, he recruited hard. He always talked about the importance of recruiting when he was at Tennessee. He also recruited hardened criminals, but anyway. Exactly. That's the thing. Tennessee, you need, he did. That 2009 class is one of the worst classes of all time. It was one of the biggest bust of classes of all time, and I've said this for a while. Did you know Jansen Jackson killed one of his cellmates? I knew. Oh, he killed one of his cellmates? I knew yeah, he found that out yesterday and threatened some media members um, with physical harm. But I'm not going to get into that. You go ahead, Caleb. I mean, there's also one that just decided to rob a gas station, three of them, for no reason whatsoever. But, you know, that was um, Jansen and suddenly the third one escapes my memory. Go ahead. But, yeah, it, it, the thing about recruiting in Tennessee is going to have to understand this. And we talked about this yesterday about easiest jobs in America. You can't just hire nowadays with Tennessee football until they find a way to get ahead of the curve. You can't just hire a recruiter at Tennessee the way you can at LSU, Georgia or Alabama, because Tennessee is not as positioned to win just on recruiting. You're going to have to be less selective to get your players. As Lane Kiffin showed, he was not selective at all when he gets, he was just going for the best players he could get, period. And Tennessee's selling point with Heupel, we talked about this during the season, is that Josh Heupel's so ahead of the curve offensively. He, we, Tennessee has a creative offensive mind that makes them their selling point. Very good coaching, very good X's and O's. I it's weird. It's a weird flex, quite honestly, to sell t- three top 50 recruits, particularly, again, going back to the Lane Kiffin year. The last time I remember Tennessee selling how great they did on the recruiting trail, most of the time Tennessee's done that the last 20 years, those classes didn't pan out. I mean, Butch Jones had back-to-back top five classes. Those weren't top five classes. Lane Kiffin sold his top 10 class in 2009. That wasn't a top 10 class. Former's last great class, 2007, was a top five class. If not for Eric Berry, that's one of the worst classes ever if you look at everybody else in that class. I think, wasn't Gerald Jones the second best performer in that class? I think um, so. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I pay a lot of attention to recruiting rankings. I'm not one who dismisses them and says they don't matter. No, they matter. But when you look at Tennessee's situation and when you look at it relative to what they're trying, the level they're trying to get to, Selling the recruiting rankings isn't going to be your win. And that's your win might be if you want to point out Nico being the number one overall prospect, that's fine. Throwing out three top 50 prospects makes little sense relative to what you're competing with. It, here is the thing that 
I mean, I think Tennessee, I'm not going to say A+. Plus. A+, plus in, in Josh Heupel's third year, would be a top five class, top three class, okay? So I'm not going to say A+. Plus. But if you ask me to grade where he is recruiting-wise as compared to where I thought he would be when he was hired, that was the big question mark. I I, I truly believe it's an A right now. I believe to be a top 10-ish class is an A. Is it's not an A plus, but you've got you've got room to grow there. You you've got you got things that you can continue to do. You haven't even benefited off the 2022 season yet. That takes a year or two or three. I mean, there are a lot of guys that'll say, "I saw this team back in you know three years ago playing for a championship," and uh, that's why I signed with them three years later. Uh, please hit that like button so we can bring up more people. We greatly appreciate that. So I, I've, I've got complete respect. As a matter of fact, I'm somewhat surprised, if not astounded, uh, about how well Josh Heupel has recruited. But the the idea that you're there and you've planted the flag on the top of Mount Everest is just not the case right now. It's the equivalent of when Tennessee was number one in October after beating Alabama, saying you won the national championship. No, you didn't. You you are somewhere along the path, but you you have not you have not distinguished yourself as one of the elite recruiting programs in the nation yet. I think there's a good chance that'll happen. I've said before that Tennessee with NIL, their fan base, their facilities, and all that, I think Caleb and I could get a top 25 class, and I'm not even joking. I think Caleb and I, with a good budget, could get a top 25 class. So that's kind of, to me, the the bottom. Yeah, I remember Philip Fulmer one time slipped in the mid-30s, and I was like, uh-oh, that's not a good sign. So, And it wasn't. And so I think right now I give it an A as overall recruiting in two years, roughly two years since he was hired or three years now, right? Uh, Two years, two years, years. two years. Uh, So heading into the uh, third cycle, I guess is what I was thinking. I get my years mixed up from years of covering recruiting. You'll, you'll hear me start calling this to 2024 here in a couple of months. So um, I, I really believe that, he is on the right path and they will be an elite recruiting program. I just don't think it's, it's quite yet. And I think a lot of it depends on what happens with Nico. And I I believe that, um, you know, especially seeing what's going on at Florida and you've got a quarterback that's backing out because the money wasn't actually there and he's trying to get away. I don't think any of that uh, type of shenanigans are going to happen at Tennessee. And I believe Quite firmly, uh, after not taking a quarterback in the transfer portal, Caleb, that uh, Josh Hopple's saying it's Milton or Nico. And I think it's going to be a real competition in the spring. So if Nico comes out and, and ends up the starter, has a great year, then it just helps you in recruiting more. But no, to say that you have three in the top 50 and to kind of put yourself out there as it's done, we're good. That's putting the cart ahead of the horse. Far ahead of the horse. I mean, because, again, Tennessee across most services is on the cusp of a top 10 class. I mean, it's right there on the borderline. And so, as you know, top 10 class is middle of the pack in the SEC. And 
And you're right. We can, you know, you and I could fall out of bed and get a top 25 class at Tennessee, but Tennessee's in a conference where there's, we talked about it yesterday. There's at least two programs. I think three where you can fall out of bed and get a top 10 class. I think Georgia and LSU, anybody can get a top 10 class at those two schools, maybe even a top five class at LSU without even trying. And Alabama, I think you can get a top 10 class without trying. So that's what Tennessee's up against. Well, and here's, here's what it comes down to. Okay. So Tennessee's offense is, is built to overcome a talent disadvantage for other programs. Uh, again, hit that like button so we can open up to more um, viewers who are with you each and every weekday at 10 o'clock. So Eastern. So Tennessee can overcome a certain talent advantage. But we saw what happened when they played Alabama. Tennessee played an incredible game. I thought won the line of scrimmage on both sides, and that was still a football game at the end. You know, Alabama could have won that game if they if they hit that field goal at the end, and they didn't have Brett Maher from the Cowboys. So um, that it, that game was still a game because Alabama had more talent, one to eighty five on the roster. The Georgia game was a loss because Georgia could man up against Tennessee's wide receivers. So what you're talking about is Tennessee to get to that next level, they're going to have to start recruiting in that top five area. So uh, the transfer portal will certainly help. Um, I'm a, I'm, I think their transfer portal this year, assuming they don't take any more, and I'm sure they will at some point, maybe in the spring or the people can still transfer in was somewhere along the lines of a B, maybe B plus. It wasn't as uh, uh, explosive as I thought it would be, but yeah, Caleb, you, you can you can beat the pits of the world. You can beat uh, the Kentuckys of the world. You can beat a lot of programs just because of this offense is so fantastic. And your talent is good, not great. But to consistently beat the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world, you're going to have to recruit with them. Absolutely. And Dave, I actually have a question for you on that because you actually know ball a good bit better than I do. Funny enough, you've covered it. <laughs> you've covered it firsthand on the ground. Um we talk about Hypo's offense. We just, as you said, it's designed for talent for players to play a. It's the it's designed for less talented teams to be able to be competitive. Right. Those offenses, isn't it a double-edged sword? Because yes, it can be designed for those less talented teams to be as competitive. But once you get the talent in there, it can sometimes limit the level of potential they can reach because it's so. I think of like Mike Leach's air raid. I know that's not Josh Heupel's. I, I know that's not what Josh Heupel runs. Or I think a, a better example in basketball would be Bruce Pearl with the flex offense and the full court press. Yeah, that helps you overcome a talent disadvantage. But if you've got the most talented team, you're a much more effective team playing a half court defense and running the motion offense. That's how you maximize the talent you have. Whereas I think in football, if you're if you do have the best talent, then you're much more effective running the pro style offense per se. Um, God rest his soul. I think that's very applicable to Mike Leach. I don't think that offense changed from the late nineties when he was running with Hal mummy. Um, I don't think it's applicable to Josh Heupel, which is the reason some NFL teams are going to be interested in him at some point. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you because he is a bright, creative mind. And as you know, he, he runs a different offense 
from his days at Oklahoma, where it was kind of force fed on him. You, you mentioned that before, and it, it's it is absolutely true. But he also ran it, and he he learned tempo, he learned the splits, he learned all those things. So I think let's say uh, uh, Nick Saban snaps his fingers tomorrow, and he goes, "I figured out how to stop that thing." Then I think Josh Heupel is a creative enough offensive mind that he will then adjust. And they also play such an emphasis on running the football. So the wide splits and all that could, I mean, I, I think Josh Heupel is a smart enough coach and I'm not just saying this to endear ourselves to the fans, but I think he's a smart enough coach that if he wanted to run Bill Walsh's pro style tomorrow that he could, I, I think he's that good. So now maybe that's a direction Tennessee wants to go in when they have better talent than everybody else. Maybe they don't have to run tempo as much. I think you saw a little bit of that at different pieces throughout the second half of the season where they ran a six, eight minute drive. That's not his comfort zone, but he's very willing to do it. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but I just, I think he's bright enough where he would, he would be able to come anybody that, that came up with a way to stop what they're doing now. But I don't think any, Right now, because of the rules of football and, and the reason you're allowed, your offensive linemen are practically allowed to go 20 yards downfield and start blocking for a screen or an RPO. I mean, I, I don't know that it's it can change anytime soon, Caleb. Just from the style of it, I think more people are going to copy Josh Heupel before he has to adjust. Yeah, it's it, you're right. They'll have to change the rules for it to change. It reminds me. I dug back on a little bit of history, but, um, you know, the triple option, there was no reason to change it and no way to stop it until college football started banning cut blocks or chop blocks. Chop and block. Once chop blocks came in, Nebraska still ran it for a good 20 years after that and had some great success. But really, Nebraska, I was, I think, the last of the teams running it in the 90s. And but it, but it took a rule change. It took a rule change to um, to get rid of the. Um, to really send a triple option to be going extinct. And you're right. It may take a rule change with uh, Josh Heupel's offense. <laughs> and... Yeah. But the thing is, there was a reason for the rule change. And for those that don't know, a chop block is when you're engaged with another lineman, a cut block is perfectly legal where you go at a, a lineman's legs. And Nebraska was the absolute master of a really short engagement with one guy. And then somebody else would, chop slash cutting depending on how you want to look at it so um th there was a reason for that it was player safety but what would be the reason behind making a change now because it's exciting they're up and down the field it's like adding a three-point line to college football over the recent years and i know gary danielson told me it bastardizes the sport well maybe it does but a lot of people like the bastard in it because teams are going up and down the field so i don't know the motivation to change it that's true i would say just on a side the three-point line in basketball i think now it was exciting for a while i think now it's ruining the sport because teams have mastered the art of finding just a bunch of three-point shooters yeah. knowing that's the best way to win and nobody needs to run an offense anymore <laughs> and you know we've kind of learned that the mid-range was more fun to watch in the three-point shot 
Well, um, speaking of the three-point shot, the master of the trailer three will join us here momentarily. We'll get to Ron Slay after this. I remind you the portions of the program brought to you in part by Guardian Invest- Investment Advisors. Go to GIAplantoday.com, GIAplantoday.com. Thanks to video teleconferencing, they can absolutely hook you up, not only show you where your money's going, but why it's going there. Two minutes, Ron Slay, off the hook sports has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. inflation calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
I want to remind you that Zul Beer, xulbeer.com, zulbeer.com is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Great parking downtown in Knoxville and worldwide award-winning craft beer. Love this segment. One of my favorites of the week, and it's brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach is a personal injury attorney that can go toe-to-toe with the insurance company lawyers that are trying to make sure you get as little money as possible uh, from your personal uh, injury incident. And Zach England of Best of Brock will take care of you. And Zach England brings you Ron Slay each and every week. Ron, how are you, sir? I am good. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Good morning. You are, you're, you're banging this morning. You got the deep voice. You're, I can tell you're feeling <laughs> Yeah, sometime, man. Listen, I, I was I was sitting there looking in the mirror, man, and I was like, man, this pimple has been bothering me for about <laughs> four days, man. I don't know what exactly to do about it because you're not supposed to bust them. You're not supposed to bust the pimple. So that's that's been that's been my um my research and development team has been going over that and trying to figure out what exactly I'm supposed to do with it. But that's where the deep voice comes from. The if frustration. <laughs> If you're not going to be in public, I'm a fan of busting them, but you immediately put Neosporin on it. So you look uh, like you've got cream on your face, and but you can't really do that in public. So that's no, nah, yeah, you, nah, y'all ain't trying to run. <laughs> I don't want to run around with the little, um, the little dots on my head. I mean, don't even wipe it off, but it'll knock it out. I promise. I, I don't you bring that up. I had this conversation with my son just the other day, and Ron, I. I mean, you're over 30. I'm almost 50. When in the heck do we stop having pimples? I don't know. See, I, I listen, I'm blaming the, um, the SEC network for this one right here because I told them when I came in, I don't need that much makeup. And and, I, and she did a terrific job. She didn't give me a lot of makeup. You know what I mean? Just hit me. I don't know. I don't even know what she hit me with, like a little, I guess, foundation. I had to ask the women out there about that. But hit me with that. And I guess I don't know if I didn't clean it off right or what, but I haven't had pimples in at least 15, 20 years. So when I'm blaming the makeup. I did a video um, shot for ESPN in Charlotte and I said, no, I don't need any makeup. And they said, trust me, everybody else is wearing it. You need some. And that was a nice way to say it. Huh? Yeah, that was a nice way to say it. They put it on. I looked 10 years younger. I was like, can you put some more on? <laughs> and just leave it on. I'm walking around like this every day. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, good gracious, 26 year old Dave. By the way, look at you, SEC Network. Tell me how that came about. That is awesome. Man, I, um, a couple of people reached out um, to me. Um, over when we went to do SEC Media Day, actually, um, for football, and um, Craig Pinkerton, who was over uh, over our who was our SID when I was in school, so you know he's working with SEC, and he was um, searching for me. He was like, "Man, I got somebody. You got to meet. You got to meet. You got to meet." So he um, ended up meeting me and getting a face to face meeting with Pete Waters, and Pete Waters talked to me, and we had a conversation, and. Um, it kind of died down for about two, three months. And then um, they hit me up and was like, you know, do I want to come in for an audition? Went in for the audition, um, knocked it out with Peter Burns, one take. And um, then it was just just waiting. Um, and 
they hit me up probably right around Christmas and said they reviewed it and wanted to get some work done. So January 7th was supposed to be the start date. Ended up pushing it back to the next week, to last week being the 14th because they added on some um, color commentary games. So um, that was a good look. So uh, when do you when do you start doing color? Um, January twenty fifth, the next week. The what, what game do I have? Um, and M and Auburn at Auburn. That is phenomenal. Happy for you, man. That's that's great stuff. Yeah, so that'll be fun. So you next time you see me, we'll be on the road doing this. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll be it should be in a hotel. Hopefully, we got good internet, baby. Yeah, I'm not going to wait right now. <laughs> Uh, what did what did you think? Let's go back to to Saturday. Um, here we are having the discussion that John Calipari may be fired. And Kentucky's able to uh, beat Tennessee. What did you think of their response? What did you think of Tennessee's play on Saturday before we get to last night? I thought it was good, man. I thought I thought Kentucky responded to um, exactly what Cal needed. Um, I think in in the sense it wasn't even Cal. I think the players took control of the locker room. I think um, the leadership from she would calling his teammates out and, you know, all those guys respecting him enough as a player of the year and watching his work ethic and watching his lead by example, I, w- I would imagine in practice and things of that nature, um, his work after practice to follow him. So it, it looked like it bled right over into the court. It was interesting though, man, and I keep pointing to this, that um, Saville Wheeler didn't play. He didn't play in that Tennessee game. And you also saw last night, when they were playing Georgia, when he was in the game, it was a different style of play for Kentucky. So um, it seems to be that they play better with Kaysen Wallace at the point guard spot. So I guess the tweaking of that lineup and the defense of Kaysen Wallace's own players gets them to flow and gets the ball hopping around a little bit different, guys. Seville Wheeler to be – um, impactful has to be handling the ball because he can't shoot really well, but he's good at setting guys up. But that means the ball sticks. And defensively, if you're a good defensive team, that's easier to guard than the ball popping around side to side. And I think that's where Tennessee um, got in a little bit of trouble. Um, and, and then at the same time, that was an uncharacteristic um, point of Tennessee also. You know, um, being – if you if you go back to it and you ask Coach Barnes, what do we need to do going into this game to be successful? Guarantee you're going to say physicality is going to be one. Understanding defensive assignments, um, two stopping them in transition, and three, uh, well, four not giving up second chance points. They did all of that. You know they were the most physical team. They gave up open shots. Um, were undisciplined on closeouts. Um. What else, man? Uh, it's a list that goes on and on. Um, they got hit in the mouth and didn't swing back. You know, it was like it was just a lot going on. And, I, I mean, I know officials played a little bit um, a part of that game. You know, I don't want to overlook that. But at the same time, you still had an opportunity with all that being said and done to finish um, the game when it was tied up. You know, and you missed 11 layups. It's just that was a, a focal point coming into that game, you know, according to – the reports practice they led up were putting the little orange strips. They talked about it before the game, being able to make layups, and then you go out there and miss 11. So that's tough, man. And then you didn't get the performances you thought you should out of the individual guys. Zakai at the same time of Olivier, you know. So you go through ups and downs. It's a rivalry. It's supposed to happen every now and then, but 
You just don't want to repeat that. And I think Kentucky did a good job of answering the bell. Answer. Yeah, Ryan, I, uh, before we get to the Mississippi State game, I want to uh, lament one more thing uh, about the Kentucky game from Tennessee's yeah. side. Because I think, you know, it's a noon tip-off, Chris Lofton's number being retired. You can kind of understand maybe not shooting the ball well from the outside, a little bit sloppy mm-hmm. guard play, missing some layups. The thing that – How do we lose, Caleb? Okay. Always hustle, hustle hey. plays, but – Oh, he's back. Say one more time, Caleb. Yeah, repeat. Uh, Okay. You broke up a little bit. Sorry, I was going to say that offensive rebounds aren't always hustle plays, but in this case, when you're built the way Tennessee is, and also Tennessee missed, um, I want to say, seven more three-pointers than mm-hmm. Kentucky, and usually offensive rebounds come from bricking balls a lot more. Yep. <laughs> they shouldn't have allowed Kentucky to get nine more offensive rebounds. Was there anything beyond just lack of effort that caused that? Uh. I- I want to say no, <laughs> but um, it just it just felt like when you get out rebounded by twenty, regardless of his offensive whatever it may be, like that's a that, that's a look in a mirror moment. Like they wanted it more, they showed it more. Um, you looked at when the ball went up, Kentucky had four people in the lane on offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds and fighting. The only person I saw fighting consistently was Euros. Outside of him, you saw Phillips early on with the putback and things of that nature, but you didn't get to see that active motor in him. You didn't get to see guys out there getting the long rebounds like what you're talking about when the ball gets tapped up and, you know, people being Johnny on the spot and going and getting the ball. Usually you see Zakai coming up with it, him getting fouled as a a foul and take the ball out on the side. You see guards getting in there, getting it, but you didn't see that, man. I, I think there was a lot of will um, in that in that game for Kentucky over Tennessee. I just think Tennessee, it, it, this happens. You know what I'm saying? This is the difference when you bleed over coming from football into basketball and the the importance of one game and all of a sudden then you get to basketball you're like, oh, we're a top ten team. We lost the game. Oh, what are we supposed to do? But you got to play the next two days. Two days later, three days later, you got to go play again. So it's not that much put on it until you get to the tournament. But I, I just think, man, as fans and uh, media and everything, you just got to take a take a step back and understand, man, that sometimes it it is about the will and the want. And to to answer your question, yeah, I think in this situation. Kentucky really just wanted it more. Like they needed this more in order to right the ship coming off a loss at Alabama the way that was, then getting beat at South Carolina. I mean, Edinburgh against South Carolina. Like it's those were ugly losses. And to come in there and take a pounding, like they were supposed to get beat by 20 against Tennessee, without question. If Tennessee brought the game that they were supposed to bring. Um, but that didn't happen. So you write that ship and then you look up and now Kentucky's trying to you know, inch back up in there to the top upper echelon of the um, SEC. Please click that like button, the thumbs up button, so we can bring more people in. If you haven't subscribed yet, be sure and uh, do so. We greatly appreciate that. Ron, at what point does Santiago Escobar's um, injury become an issue of, uh, of worry from the standpoint of chemistry? I mean, he – I have no reason to believe he won't be 100% headed into March, but w- wouldn't you like to have him right now to, to be able to work out the minutes and everything? Yeah, you would. Um, I think 
with a guy like Santi, um, the importance of what he brings to the game as far as the scouting report and how the defenses are going to play him and what it do, what it does for guys that are setting screens, getting them open, just because he's involved in the action. Um, that's a different that's a different dynamic, man, bringing it, bringing it to the game. So, yeah, you would definitely want to have him. I, I think he's also a guy that can miss some time right now early and be able to incorporate himself back into the game and be able to kind of get flowing without it being um, – because this game's not based on athleticism. This game's not not really based on um, – his is more of a, a, a read and react thing. And I think a lot of times when you're a vet, you can get a lot of that from film – um, and sometimes it is better being taking a step back. You also add something taking a step back from the game and watching it from a bird's eye view instead of being in it. I would expect him to come back, even if it was two or three games that he had to miss, and bring a whole different breath of fresh air to the game. Different than what kind of kind of similar to what Josiah brings offensively. Like when he was making shots last night, it was like, man, what are we gonna get these shots from? And boom, he had three threes. I think that's kind of what Santi brings to the game. And it also gives these guys an opportunity to step up. I think when they were thriving early in the year, it was because of Josiah being out. And you got a guy like Tyreek Key. Now you got to go shoot the ball, shooter. You know what I'm saying? You got guys like Jamai Meshack that was able to get in there and have energy plays. Julian Phillips had more confidence last night being able to shoot the ball, knowing that he wasn't Santi. So those shots that Santi would get, you saw Zakai being put in the role where he's able to run off screens and make shots. So you get other guys to get to kind of develop and learn how to play without having a guy that, that that's that reliable in those moments um, to have the hot hand and be able to make threes and create for others. So I think it's a good thing, man. Honestly, um, in the way this team is built, they're built on defense. You know what I'm saying? So the offense doesn't necessarily dictate how the game will flow or go, but the defense does. Um, now, you, of course, you got to put the ball in the hole at some time. We saw that last night. So you get other opportunities for other guys, and I think they'll be just fine without Santi right now for a short stretch, not a long stretch. <laughs> right. So, Ron, let's talk about the game last night a little bit. Um, I heard Rick Barnes just use the word character in the uh, yeah. post-game press conference. And, you know, you got two starters out. You're down by nine with six minutes to go in the first half. Your offense is not clicking at all. And then you just flip a switch. What does it say about this team to be able to do that coming off of such a bad loss over the weekend? It, it says to me, man, um, <laughs> uh, his, his players really understand exactly what he what he wants from him. Because you got Coach, Coach Barnes coming out there with no voice. He would remind you of um, – Don Corleone, you know, when Don Corleone would lose his voice and a lot of times he was just looking and it'll be ruckus going on and he'll look, he'll look at his guy and be like, do you trust me? <laughs> yeah, we trust you. Well, 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 listen to Mike. Mike's in charge. So, you know what I'm saying? You're looking at Coach Gainey. Coach Gainey's in charge, but y'all see I'm still right here. So get this stuff in order. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's that's a lot of it, man. What makes that, that, that switch click is they don't want to go back in that locker room and deal with him. You know what I mean? They don't want to deal with him in film sessions. They don't want to deal with him when he does finally get his voice back. Like, it's different, man. Like, as a player, a competitive guy, you never want to be called out. And one thing he has no problem with doing is calling you out. You know what I'm saying? And calling you out in your face and then going out, 
to the masses and letting them know exactly what he just said to you. You got to go and answer that on, on the floor. So um, that's one thing. And then second, man, you, you, when you're built the way you are, you got a guy in strength and conditioning like big G that holds these guys down and pushes these guys to limits. And you know, their conditioning, you know, they're strong, man, go out there and show it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing all this weightlifting and things like this for you big and bad, you enforcers, Euros, you like to push people, but you're getting out rebounded. Like, show me some. Olivia, you're so talented. You got all the potential in the world. Show me some out here. Here's your opportunity to show me some. Y'all just got punked at home when Chris Lofton was getting his jersey retired. The, the gym was full. He had stars come down. He had people leave uh, work to come down there early. Candace Parker came down there. Alan Houston left the Nixon came down there. Like, you got everybody down there. Y'all got embarrassed. You know, it was a close loss, you know what I mean? But call it what it is, y'all got pumped. So here's an opportunity on the road, which you got two people down with all the – everything stacked against you. It's okay in a sense to lose this game and use it as an excuse. We missed it two of our key guys. What you going to do? And you saw guys step up. You saw it as a cat. You understand why the stories were written about them with the family and house burning and everything. You saw that step up. You saw Josiah step up. Saw how he do – Finally play like a rim protector the way he's supposed to play. Julian Phillips, you finally got to see that motor that we were looking for early in the Kentucky game to lead over and go all the way into the second half. His motor was relentless. Like it was, this man was flying to the boys and they were face boxing him a couple of times. And he was still swimming, moving, getting around, going to catch it off the rim. So you had an opportunity to show your character um, after that Kentucky game. And I think that was in the back of the mind of these guys and they came out they came out and showed true character. Ron Slay's appearance brought to you by Zach England, a best and Brock best personal injury attorney in Chattanooga. Zach's got your back. Last thing for me, Ron, and that is I love Scott Eagler. I love watching him play, but mm. the ups and downs and the inconsistency. I mean, my goodness. As as a teammate, when you go into a game, do you have to kind of identify I'm trying to think of a – I don't really recall a player that was like that with you. I, I, maybe Tony Harris, maybe. But yeah, you have be the first person to come to mind. <laughs> okay. Do you have to kind of identify whether or not they're on or off, and does that affect what you have to do that night? A little bit. Um, But I think at the same time, man, like speaking to guys like Tony Harris, you know how they work. You know, and I think with Zakai, you know how he works, and at some point, there's no way you would trade them out for anyone knowing that at some point, at some point in the game, he's going he's gonna to hit the switch and make up for it, not on one end, but both ends. He's going to be a pest defensively, and at given the opportunity, he has the mentality like, forget it, I'm going to go score. And you saw it. All you got to do is continue to play basketball. He's a guy, man, that had so much success last year as a freshman and an underdog and flying under the radar that you almost forget. Um, like he hasn't had to be in a role yet without um, having a wingman on this side and all the responsibility being put on his shoulder. Um, you know, yeah, Kennedy who was being brought along and he was testing Kennedy, but at the same time it was up to Kennedy for how far this team would go last year. You know, the same thing, but this year with Santi, um, with Josiah being out, Santi was the guy. It's, how far do we go 
it's kind of up to Santi, you know what I'm saying, in the grand scheme of things. Now you take these guys out of the mix and you put him right there in this Dude, it's on your shoulders. Like it ain't no more looking around. Who you gonna who you gonna defer to? It's on you. Like you're the one that got us in this hole. Can you answer the bell? And I think he has a guy, it's a guy with a strong character, man, and a mental will, like out of this world. So he's gonna go out there and get it done. And you cannot, regardless if he got it going, if he don't, you gotta believe in him, man, because you know um the work that he puts in. And you, you can believe in him and lean on him. And I I, I truly believe, man, down the stretch of games. He's going to get better. Like, he's only a sophomore. I, I think, man, the, because of his voice, you think he might be a senior or a fifth-year or six-year senior because it's so deep. You know what I mean? He seemed like he's 35 years old. But, man, it's still a baby in a sense, you know, um, especially in the game playing at this high level, even though he's been playing in AU. When you get to college, you get to play power five. That's a different style of ball. And then when you get into SEC power five, that's a different style of ball. So, Still, I think getting acclimated to it, man, and um, it's it, it gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. Ron Slay, SEC Network 104.5 The Zone. He is huge, he's monstrous, he's awesome. We appreciate the time brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Uh, Zach's got your back in the Chattanooga area for personal injury attorney. And I'll, I'll leave you with this, Ron. If you knock when, when everything's submitted and you're like a regular guy on SEC Network, yeah, of course, that's uh, tied in with the ESPN. <laughs> I just want to give you this. And that's owned by Disney that you knock on the right doors and you get free passes to Disney. I just want to let you know that because that's like a $15,000 bonus check. That place. <laughs> so you still have to pay, you still have to pay for parking, yeah, okay. but you can get the rest of it free. I'm just going to let you know. Okay? Hey, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. My son and my wife, I promise you, they're going to love every minute of that. Nephews, everybody going to love that. So. Um, one of the most frustrating moments of my life as a parent. We drove all the way down there. I pulled all the strings to get the tickets. And my daughter, who was eight years old, said, next time, Daddy, can we just go someplace close like Dollywood? Oh. <laughs> 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 I mean, bent the steering wheel. As I was oh, 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 I see. At eight years old, she would have had to figure out this, I, this, you're going to learn how to drive this week because you're driving us back. <laughs> I'm going to put my seatbelt on and I'm going to leave it up to Jesus because he got the wheel on this. So I'm done. I'm done. I'm out done. <laughs> Tell everybody in Nashville I said hello. I appreciate you. Most definitely, man. Appreciate you guys. Have you. a good one, Ron. Play, All right. Hey, you brought to you by Zach England of Best of That's a true story, by the way. I almost, I, I literally wanted to bend. Like they say when you're in really bad wrecks sometimes that the adrenaline pumps and you'll bend your steering wheel one or the other, one way or the other. I mm -hmm. tried. I tried. As I'm paying $50. Now the tickets were free to Disney World, but we had to drive all that way with a six and eight year old. And we had to pay for the hotel room. But I seriously wanted to ram the car in front of me when she said that. Because Dollywood would have been what a tenth of the price and right next door. Yeah. She was disappointed to go to Disney World. Oh Lord, that's brutal. That's brutal. I don't like rides, so I mean, I still have fun at Disney World because there's so many other things. But I have never ridden an upside down roller coaster in my life, and I never will. Really? Never. I got a massive phobia of heights. I hate flying. Funny enough, I do it, but like, yeah, I fine too because if if the no if the pilots are 
half as incompetent as the people at the front gate, then we've got problems. But that's a whole nother story. Hit the, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Uh, we love Ron Slay brought to you by Zach England. Zach's got your back. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button so we can bring more people in. I want to remind you that Andy Mason Real Estate is just phenomenal. Over 40 years of experience in the real estate field in Knoxville. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Go ahead and reach out to him. If you have any real estate needs, buying or selling, they'll save you thousands and thousands of dollars that you waste with somebody else because they have the best service and the best prices. How simple is that? It's uh, pretty darn easy. So, uh, Caleb, coming up, we've already talked rankings. So if you're just tuning in, you want to go back and listen to the entirety of the show as we appreciate it when you hit that thumbs up button. Um, But as far as uh, in the show already, we've had Ron Slay, we've had rankings and coming up, the most overachieving teams in Tennessee football history. And I have a feeling that 2022 will rank pretty high up on the list. That's on offthehooksports.com. We'll break those down, agree or disagree after this. Off the Hook Sports back in two minutes, brought to you in part by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn. Local vision, that's right, local vision care that you can't find elsewhere. Back in two minutes sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. watching on our video platform youtube and you're seeing me it looks like i'm making a mixed drink but i'm not i've got i'm trying to get off caffeine for new year's caleb and i found this energy drink that um just has natural tea in it so but the problem is it clumps at the bottom so um i have to pour it back and forth to mix it up but it looks like i'm making a martini in the middle of the morning as we broadcast live at 10 a.m so just so you know i'm not on the martinis yet Oh my gosh, but energy, like, aren't energy drinks worse than, like, coffee? No, like, no, 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 I did, I actually did my research, so th- this one, but I'm glad you uh, you brought that up. But did your own research, huh? <laughs> yeah, did my research, this one is based off green tea, so it's not like, the, the, the one I was drinking previous to the beginning of the new year, when I started doing my research, because I was feeling a little jittery, um, was rated the worst energy drink in the entire world literally 300 grams of caffeine the average cup of coffee has 40 grams of caffeine wow wow (laughs) i mean if you want some energy if if you really want some energy i hear there's a it's plant-based so you know it's good but i hear there's a plant-based powder that gives you very 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 good (laughs) Oh, are we talking about, are we talking about nose candy is that where we are <laughs> yeah yeah i probably i probably need to pass on that but, you um, know it's plant-based so you know it, it, it's vegan <laughs> that is true i mean i i have zero problem with people um smoking marijuana or what they got the uh, edibles or stuff they call now i i mean i've i've thought for like since I was in my twenties, that that was not as, as bad for you in some cases as alcohol, as far as the abuse of it. But to each his own. Um, you say the same thing about tobacco. But you, when you start, when somebody goes down that path of it's all natural, well, then so's cocaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So we're just excluding basically ecstasy. If if you want to go down that path, then you're excluding. Ecstasy. And there's an argument about. Ecstasy, mushrooms, MDMA. I will say this: there's been some studies. Have you heard of that one, though? Washa, Washkawa. Haven't heard of that one. Yeah. But Dave, there are some studies. I don't know if you know this. That like, if like among all depressants, no matter how widespread used they were, alcohol is actually the most dangerous because not of what you do to yourself, but because it's the one of the drugs that puts other people at danger when you do it. And yet, that's the most common one that we have. The one that risks other people's lives. I could, I could see that. Um, I, I remember one congressperson saying at one point that if you want to eliminate uh, drinking and driving, just don't allow convenience stores to sell it cold. And I thought, you know, that's actually a really simplistic good idea because you're not going to drink a warm beer. Um, driving. Never thought about that. <laughs> I mean, if, you get, <laughs> if you get home and put it in the fridge, 
then you wait for it to get cold or you have it at home. I don't know. I'd only worked in America and Europe, like they look at you weird if you want your beer cold. I've been over there and they they prefer their beer room temp. Uh, Bassy Lawn and Garden, man alive, it's worth the drive. Bassy Lawn and Garden is right there in Cleveland, Tennessee. Whether or not you're considering commercial, residential, or industrial mowers, they have that at Bassy Lawn and Garden. You can come from Knoxville, Nashville, Chattanooga, and save a whole bunch of money. Uh, D. Smith seven, uh, saying, I'd love to play some seven-on-seven seven at any SEC, SEC school that's going to compete for a national championship. And the tradition is first class with a coaching tree of winners. So are you saying, D, I'm just trying to follow you here. Are you saying you'd like to see just seven-on-seven? like flag football, Tennessee versus another opponent, uh, because that's essentially what the NFL is going to do this year, right? And the Pro Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is what they're going to do this year in the Pro Bowl. I think they decided. I, I still can't believe they do this Pro Bowl. I, I've never seen anybody who watches it. Um, no. And, and listen, let me go ahead and tell you. This goes a little bit before your time. I can't remember the running back, but – he. Um, he basically almost had his leg amputated because they had this bright idea that they were going to play sand football. Do you remember that? Do not remember that, but that sounds really, really stupid. Pro Bowl lead in. It was one of the it's one of those disgusting injuries that you see that you're like, oh, my gosh, that is absolutely horrible. Um, Robert. Oh, he played for Georgia. Robert Edwards. Oh, Robert Edwards. OK. All yeah. right. So he suffered that in a. Uh, a sand football game and his career was over and almost had his leg amputated. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you NFL, it's a matter of time until this five football thing turns into that. I hate to tell you, but that's facts. All right. Off the hook sports.com. Great feature by Caleb Calhoun on the uh, biggest overachieving teams in uh, Tennessee football history. Um, let's see where the 2022 team ranks. You start off with number five, 1965. Why was 1965 such an overachieving team for the Vols in Tennessee football? Yeah, so this was the um, second year of Doug Dickey on the job. Very similar to Josh Heupel. Installed a new offense in 1964, needed a bit of time to get it going. And in 1965, it just took off. Um Tennessee started the year unranked. The reason I have this not higher is because technically the AP poll only did preseason top tens at this time. Although I think it's pretty well established that Tennessee wouldn't have been ranked even if they did a top 20. Um, They had gone four, five, and one the year before. The single wing was out of style. Tennessee, for those who don't know, insisted that the single wing was going to be here to stay forever and absolutely was the last team to refuse to move on to it until they hired Doug Dickey. And he went four, five, and one with the team the first year. And this year it took off. They went eight, one, and two, finished number seven, tied Auburn and Alabama. And the emergence of the Swamp Rat was the final regular season game of the year against UCLA and Memphis. They went 37 to 34. Dewey Warren, with the, the legend of Dewey Warren, was born that day. The legend of Dewey Warren. I love me some Dewey Warren. I've known him for, gosh, better part of three decades. Um, we continue with the list brought to you in part by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com, Integrity Matters. And I was a little surprised that you had the 2022 Vols just at number four. I would have had them a little bit higher based off your, your list, but tell me why they were number four in your mind. So this ranking was based on 
teams that started unranked and who finished highest. And this team, we can quibble or debate about whether or not they should have finished higher, but at the end of the day, they finished um, number six going 11 and two. Um, obviously had the South Carolina loss, but, you know, still had amazing wins over Clemson, Alabama, Florida, Pittsburgh on the road. Um, but going from the other teams I named all finished in the top five. And that was kind of the difference. And if they didn't fin- and they also either had 11 wins or won the SEC championship, whereas this team did have 11 wins, but didn't win the SEC title. Fair enough. Um, again, hit that like button. We greatly appreciate it. Brings more people into the show. And if you haven't subscribed, please do that. So um, then we get to uh, the 1970 balls. Uh, obviously, that was before both of our times. But um, your thoughts on why Tennessee in 1970 was one of the most overachieving teams in school history? So, again, this was... I, I did this more numbers-based, not opinion-based, because quite honestly, this shouldn't have been considered an overachieving team. This was a massive failure on prognosticators and experts who believed that when Doug Dickey left after the 69 SEC championship, that Tennessee would have a massive fall-off. They didn't realize how loaded Tennessee was talent-wise still. I think Bobby Scott was the quarterback around this time. Um, who, and, you know. I'm sorry? No, he says, who, well, you know, sometimes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> But um, they had everybody back from the year before, basically. So they went 11-1. and one, Only loss was to Auburn. They won the Sugar Bowl uh, against Air Force, finished number four that year after starting unranked. Very much reminds me of what happened with 98, whereas, Dave, you know this as well as I do. There was no research done on that 98 team, which is why they started at number 10, and nobody had any idea just how loaded the talent level on that team was because they only saw Peyton Manning and Leonard Little leaving, and they didn't realize how loaded the team was elsewhere. Agreed. Um, I definitely agree. And I think Terry Fair left as well. I think Terry they, Fair. they have three yeah. rounders that year, I believe. Um, so the, I, the 1985 balls are a very interesting crew. They were, they were beloved. Um, and I wouldn't have them as high on this list, except for the fact, that you you mentioned and we know that Tony Robinson was out for the year. So I know that's not exactly how you're basing this list, but the fact that they lost one of the most electric players in college football and still ended up being um, in the Sugar Bowl and winning that game and beating uh, just an incredible Miami team. Yes, I, th- I think they certainly deserve to be right up there be it fan favorite or overachieving. As a matter of fact, I might have them number one if it if it was a subjective list. Yes, if this was talent-based, I would probably have this number one too. Because they outside because let's forget Tony Robinson getting hurt and then uh Daryl Dickey coming in, which was huge. Chris White on the other side on defense became an all-American safety and and they, I'm trying to think outside of Tim McGee, how many NFL players were on that team? Not that many. Mm-mm, not a lot. This, yeah, this was just a team that really, I mean, it's your classic story, an underdog story of a team that really just came together and, you know, um, tie, should have beaten that UCLA team that they tied. They were up 26 to 10 and gave up a touchdown, a two-point conversion, an onside kick, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion to tie. And then beat Auburn. They lost one game at Florida. But, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're only – 
a disturbing blemish was that tie to Georgia Tech, but that was the week after Tony Robinson got hurt. Then they won out. And there's a lot of videos. You guys can go look at it. Miami was number two. The number one team had lost in the bowl games. And you can see all these videos of Jimmy Johnson lobbying. We should be national champions if we win the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they forgot to focus on winning the Sugar Bowl. And Tennessee beats the brakes off them. Yeah, that was important. And you had a guy talking about the talent level. No offense to Doug Powell, but at running back, looked like he worked at uh, the local Home Depot. I mean, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't look. I mean, he didn't look like an elite athlete um, at all. But that's just such a special team. You, you have to love those guys, the Sugar Balls. And then at number one, and this is on OffTheHookSports.com, you had the number eighty-nine team. So here would be my argument against having them number one. And again, I know you're doing this in an objective way of where they were ranked and where they ended up. So in 88, they had no win six record, but they did make a significant coaching change in Ken Donahue. And uh, they made that change at defensive coordinator. And then that allowed them to finish five and six. So a little bit of momentum heading in uh, to the off season. And I really thought, Oh, and six was just absolutely unbelievably poor, bad, underachieving. I thought this team had some talent in 88 and 89. So, again, I'm I'm doing it the very subjective way, but I thought that I was not surprised that they had a significant, significantly good season in 89. Yeah, so I've gone back and done a lot of research on the 88 to 89 era because, as we know, 89 really is what ushered in the – greatest era of Tennessee football, the modern era. And what we realized was they lost a lot of talent from the 87 team. So it was, they were already one of the youngest teams in the SEC in 88. They also had some injuries, but more importantly than that, I, Dave, I've, I looked, I've looked at their schedule. They had the most brutal first six games. I mean, they played four ranked teams plus a Steve Spurrier led Duke. And we know that, and, and actually the only other unranked team they played was Washington State, who finished the year ranked. And I think they won the Pac-10 that year. Uh, it was the Pac-10 at the time. So just a brutal first six games to start the year with a rebuilding team and injury. So, of course, they start 0-6. They win the final five to finish 5-6. and six, You're right. And I, I agree. I think this is one of those where if you actually – if pollsters had done their research, they would have had Tennessee in the top 25 or top 20 entering 1989, given the talent that was returning. And – you know, who knows what happens if not for a dismissal of Reggie Cobb in the middle of the season and a quarterback change from Sterling Hinn to Andy Kelly. Who knows what happens with that Alabama game? And they might actually win that game, at which point they could have gone undefeated that year. I remember sitting there waiting to get my hair cut when I guess I was like uh, 14 years old and hearing the news that Reggie Cobb had been dismissed the week of the Alabama game. That was pretty big news. Uh, Biles Automotive Group, the epicenter of car shopping right there on Callahan. Great selection, great service. And Biles Automotive Group also has just, um, they've got the right mindset. I would put it that way. They want, they need, they appreciate your business. It means a lot to them. And you'll feel that walking in the door. And Big Orange Phillies in North Knoxville and Maynardville Pike has darts. They've got billiards. Uh, They've got cornhole. Best of all. They've got the very best food that you're going to have in a family environment, a lot of fun, and even karaoke, which Caleb has already committed to uh, singing some aha at some point. I am a huge karaoke fan, and I am the worst singer of all time, but um, my go-tos are Mariah Carey and Taylor Swift. 
<laughs> I um my one good ex- I can't stand karaoke by the way it drives me crazy because most people can't sing and I just leave the place but I will say this on a business trip to Dayton Ohio I heard great karaoke the ironic part was they were singing all southern songs like all about the south and then they would just replace you know a sweet home Carolina with sweet home Ohio Oh, the rural Midwest loves country music more than the Love. South. Does. Loves. Yes. More than the South. I, 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 when I moved up to Maryland, I went to Western Maryland, which is like a rural part of Maryland. And I heard way more country music than I ever heard growing up in the South. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. This is the anniversary of Philip Fulmer stepping down as athletic director. So on off the hook sports, dot com later today, we'll have his lasting legacy. And it basically, lies with women's basketball at this point we'll just leave it at that obviously the black mark on that uh, brief brief tenure at tennessee would be uh, a guy named jeremy pruitt who may become defensive coordinator uh at alabama or at least an assistant coach we shall see craziness uh, continues so we'll have more for you tomorrow each and every weekday at 10 o'clock set your alarm and uh, we appreciate that if you haven't yet set your notifications on spotify or apple or whatever you use please do that uh, because we're also going to bring you john adams uh, we're also going to bring you cooper mays and jacob warren from week to week so Uh, Set the notifications on so you know when we drop stuff and love to be a part of your day, live or not. But we'll be with you each and every weekday at 10 Eastern. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.